Hello, and welcome to Midnight Bud, a Twilight podcast. Hi, I'm Liv, and I'm here because I haven't seen my boyfriend in seven months, so I'm replacing him with YA fiction. <laughs> I'm Katie, and I'm still waiting for coronavirus test results, so I'm regressing to cope. Oh my god, are you okay? <laughs> oh, I'll be fine. <laughs> I'm probably fine. <laughs> anyway, less of that, more of Edward Cullen. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's not talk about our cries for help. <laughs> No, <laughs> our obvious introductory tries for help. So, chapter two. Chapter two. What did you think? I love chapter two. I think it was a great time. I honestly, I adore chapter two. I mean, say what you will about Stephanie Mayer. We know she has her problematic parts, but whew, that woman can write a love story. Whew. We love, we love to I, see it. We do. I just, so I'm, I'm old school. I annotate my book. I know, I think I just made anyone that's like a true literary fan like turn off the podcast right then, but I write in books. I'm that kind of gremlin. And <laughs> Whereas mine, I haven't cracked the spine or anything. It's perfect. <laughs> oh, I get a book out of my music like, what can I do to abuse this? <laughs> I'm awful. It's two kinds of lit students. I know. <laughs> but I made so many notes. I have written down multiple times where I've just highlighted a bit and just put beautiful because, like, <laughs> the writing in this chapter was really nice. It was at a good time. <laughs> Shall we start off with a little summary and then we'll go into our fave bits? So, do you want to do, do you want to start the summary? I will. So, Edward runs away. Dramatic King. Dramatic King Edward Cullen, he runs away. And he actually goes and sees the Denali clan. Who I love. We didn't know this, right? You didn't know where he actually went. I think it comes up in, is it Eclipse that they actually come back? Uh, I think they're like, I ran away to see Tanya and them mm, in Events of Twilight. I think it's like brought up, yes, but you don't get like yes. mad deets on it. And everyone's like, tell me what happened. I need to know. Yeah, the Denali clan, they're kind of there and then they come back. Oh my gosh, they're the reason why the Maltori nearly kill all the Cullens, right? In Breaking Dawn. Oopsies. Yeah, it's casual. It's just a casual betrayal. <laughs> Cash betrayal by our family friends that we love. So he goes running around in the snow, dramatic king. <laughs> oh, it's so beautiful. It's just... it is very pretty. And he thinks a lot about Bella. He's just there, like, I look at the sky, but I can't look at the sky because her eyes are in the sky. And I was like, all right. <laughs> okay, shut up. Tell me you don't want someone to think that about you. They're like, wow, the stars are beautiful. You know what's more beautiful? Her eyes. Yeah, you're right, you're right. <laughs> And then he comes back and we get like a, a flash forward to them in school, like just like trying to cope with it the next day. Halt, halt. We must first bring up Tanya, one of the Denali clan, fancies the heck out of Edward. Hell yeah. We will go into that one. <laughs> it is one of my fave things. I love Tanya. Please put a pin in that for later. But yeah, he goes back to school. Yeah, and they, so they're all watching Edward being worried and he's like, no, I think I'll be fine. And then his family, which I'm sure will start with, have some conflicting opinions about what he should do. And he's mm. like, yeah, it's probably fine. Maybe. Also, I want to get to know her so bad. I know. And then they have a bio class together. Yes. Another one. It's the onion root bit where Edward, for one moment, can't let someone be right in front of him. He's like, I must check. Mm -mm. He's like, can I check it? Can I check it? And then Bella, like, Una reverse cards him. It. And it's perfect. <laughs> It's so good. And then he immediately runs away after class is over because he's like, oh my god, I'm so scared. I'm so afraid. We'll get on to his, we'll get on to the best part of the chapter, Edward Cullen's violent CD as we go on. <laughs> <laughs> the best. Oh, uh, he also spends a lot of this chapter being incredibly annoyed by Mike Newton. Yeah. So he has mad angst about Mike. Mm -hmm. He has a, an interesting chat with Emmett. Yeah. And then he, at the end of the chapter, I think he decides to go and go and chat to his pops. Yeah, a good old time. He keeps 
saying this. He keeps saying I need to talk to Carlisle and then just never doing it. Yeah. Oh, and Bella almost gets in a car accident, but that's casual. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, that too. Yeah, he watches Bella nearly get in a car accident and then laughs at her. I read that, like, twice because I was like, is this... Is this the scene? Is this the car accident? But I was like, but she's in the car. What's happening? But it wasn't. It's, it's her first teaser of the car accident. He sees her get in a car accident <laughs> and then it's just like, lol, she thinks she's a danger to society. And it's like, if she'd have killed, was it, is it Eric or is it not? I actually don't know. I think it might be Tyler. Oh no, it's Nick Casey. Oh, Nick. This one anyway. I think the other one is Tyler. Uh, yeah. So anyway, what's your favourite quote? We'll start there. My favourite quote. All right, so... Mm. As we said, Emmett has some interesting opinions. He does. So my favourite quote is, Ease up, Edward. Emmett <laughs> said, Honestly, so you kill one human, that's hardly the end of the world. <laughs> this is such a good Emmett chapter. That's why I liked it so much, because you just have Emmett just being pure chaos. I just, we all theorise about Emmett being a true himbo, and then this chapter happened and I was like, oh, Esmeyer, you've given us what we wanted. Emmett is this pure, murderous chaos, absolute demon, but he's also my sweet baby Labrador boy playing in the snow, so I have conflicting opinions. Okay, but he's not murderous, that's the issue. He is just genuinely chaotic neutral. He's like, okay, it's fine. I mean, if you do kill someone, then that's bad, but you'll get over it, right? Yeah. His whole attitude to life is, I'm gonna live for thousands of years. I can't feel guilty for that entire yeah. time. So just let it go. He's like, oh, remember when I casually killed that woman putting her <gasps> washing out? That sucked, right? Yeah, oh well. Oh my god, yeah. He's just out on an errand for Rosalie and was like, well, this woman smells nice. But that's the thing is that he's so casual about it. He's like, hey bro, don't worry about it. I've been here before. Um, I ate a woman once who was hanging out her sheets. <laughs> she just smelled so <laughs> gosh darn tasty and I had to pop her open. I just had to... <laughs> Oh. oh, I'm keeping that in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're awful. I know our chapter summaries keep being really, really short, but it's honestly just because most of it you are sat in Edward's brain while he's like, oh my god, angst, angst, and it's like baby, baby cakes. You just fancy a woman, it's okay. Yeah. This book is double the length of Twilight, but for the same events, because Edward just be there thinking. <laughs> oh my god, right? What was your favourite quote? My favourite, there's a few, and I loved all the Emmett ones mm -hmm. as well, they were high contenders. But my favourite, favourite quote was, you put on a good show, but I'm willing to bet you're suffering more than you let anyone see from Edward to Bella. Because it sounds like something that every teen boy says, every indie sad teen boy to every like right. fixer, saviour complex girl. It's like, you're suffering and I can tell. Oh, yes. <laughs> I loved hearing the whole, oh, I moved here because my mum got remarried from Edward's yeah. perspective. Because so much of it is him guessing it's so funny it's him just judging her so hard he's like yeah your mom remarried and you hate him and she's like no he's chill i just want to give my mom some space to be in love and stuff exactly i'd also like to say that edward has significantly reduced social skills because he relies on reading people's minds to understand how they're feeling mm -hmm. there's this one bit where he's like oh i need to see how bella's doing oh i know i'll go read charlie's thoughts for a bit um uh... <laughs> A really great bit was I wanted to put my hand around her chin and tip her head up so I could read her eyes like, ooh la la, sir, you can't just do that. Not in biology, ooh la la. I know, not in <laughs> biology. At least tuck her hair gently behind her ear first, sir. Come on. I know. My favourite was when they grazed hands and he had like a full 18th century panic attack about it. Mm. He was like, oh! Ooh la la, our skin, they touched. And she's like unfazed. 
premarital hand-holding. <laughs> oh no! It's so funny. I love it so much. The like, books and the films like blur into one for me in that bit, so I'm pretty sure the bit about the fluorescence wasn't in the original book, but all I could no. think is that I wanted him to be like, oh yeah, my eyes are panic, panic. It's the fluorescence. Like, I'd love to get the, the thought behind that. I would love it. I was like, oh, he's just like, no, my eyes have changed. What are you talking about? Stupid wench. That's my favourite thing because you suddenly get a glimpse into like how dumb Edward actually is because he's, he, he's like, wait, no, yeah. no, I didn't. And, and Bella's just like, oh, I just thought your eyes changed colour. He was so big braining it and being like, she's finding out I'm a vampire. Yeah. He couldn't just be like, yeah, I, I make aesthetic choices. Like he, he's so out of touch with everything around him and it's beautiful and I love it so much. You could just be like, it's contacts, mm. but obviously like a dude is stuck in the 1900s, even though he's lived here for a long time. He's like, ah, oh, no, my eyes, my eyes are the same. I don't know what you're talking perfect. about. Amazing. Right, so we've done favourite quotes. Mm -hmm. Now let's talk about the real favourite people of the chapter, the other Cullens. Yes. Ooh. We've touched a little bit on Emmett. Such a good Emmett cha chapter. Him and Jasper having their little snowball fight and trying to get Edward involved. So cute. I was obsessed. It's so cute. Yeah, and he's just stood there, like, angsty as hell, like, oh, they're slowing, slushing each other, and I, oh, my God, I care so much about other things. <laughs> my favourite is whenever dumb Cullen stuff comes after him being like, God, these human teenagers are so stupid, and then it's Emmett and Jasper being like, well, hey, let's throw snow. Right? It's so cute. God, Mike Newton's bothered so much about the snow melting idiot. He doesn't know it's rained. And then Emmett's like, look, I'm going to throw stuff at you in the lunch hall, and you can't do anything about it. I was a huge fan of the fact that Emmett is apparently strong enough to throw a snowball so fast that it cracks brick. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? That's not how physics works, not even remotely. I love that Alice like just held on to it and then did it back later and then Edward's like haha yes I must laugh so that we look like people. Haha ha ha ha. Okay I'm not even being funny. Edward was like oh she did this just so we'd look normal. I'm like no honey she has engineered the perfect romantic moment just for you. Alice <laughs> knows that you guys are gonna fall in love and she's just not said anything yet. So she's like, oh you know what would be really cute? If I just throw some snow and we all look like a fun, happy little family. That means that he looks approachable and loving and he's just there like, yes, we must pretend to be humans. And Alice is like, okay, I mean, you're an idiot, but fine. <laughs> the Cullens are all there really loudly singing careless whisper in their head every time Bella and Edward look at each other. Eric's just there like, do, 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 do. And Edward's like, what's happening? He's <laughs> like, whoa, oh, contemporary pop songs. That's what he'd think. He'd be like, why is everyone around me singing contemporary pop? Well, I don't know. What's the deal with his CD? Like, is that contemporary pop? What's his violent CD? Give me the deets. Is it Linkin Park? It's not Linkin Park. Last week it was Linkin Park. This week it's My Chemical Romance. I will accept no other answer. Mm -mm. Of course. God, I want to know what's on his murder, murder mixtape. Oh, <laughs> oh my god, do you know what it is? He is listening to I'm Not Okay. <laughs> of course he is. He's a teen boy. <laughs> he sat there like, I'm not okay. I just love that it was described as his violence CD compared to last year, week's calming CD. What's on your mixtapes? I hope they're mixtapes as well. I hope they're not like single albums. I hope he's put together a mixtape for all his complicated, too difficult to explain vampire feelings. Katie, mm -hmm. Katie, mm -hmm. I had a thought. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you know how they're like super duper rich? Uh huh. Like super rich. Yes. Yeah, I think I probably afford a really intense recording studio in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Colin boy band. 
Edward Collins in his recording studio just screaming and then playing it back in his car like, yeah, it's really underground, you'd not hear of it. Emmett and Jasper will join in occasionally. Jasper can definitely play the banjo. Oh my god. And Emmett plays the drums. Yes. And they have the world's weirdest boy band. And all of his CDs are the Cullen Boys mixtapes. And it's boys with a Z, the Cullen Boys, playing their mixtapes and the humans like, what this and like is really underground, you wouldn't have heard of it. You wouldn't have heard of us. <laughs> it's Six Feet Underground. Haha, <laughs> get it? We're dead. <laughs> Their first album's called Six Feet Under. They're all stupid puns on being dead and they think they're really smart and people oh are like, God. oh, you just sound like an edgy indie boy, but okay. Yeah, they're like, wow, this emo band sure has a lot of banjos. <laughs> good, very good. When Jasper doesn't play his banjo, he has a washboard. Oh my God. This is perfect. I think we need to abandon the podcast and fully make this AU full time. Who will fund us? I'm going to throw myself into writing this fan fiction of the Cullen Boys. <laughs> So good. I also loved Rosalie. Rosalie didn't get much time, but Emmett and Rosalie had a couple of cute moments. They did. Oh, can I say one more thing? Yeah, for sure. Uh, the first single is called Pop That, and then in brackets, like a kind of code. <laughs> Very good. It's a running theme. <laughs> okay, now we can talk about everything else and how cute they are. Emmett and Rosalie. Yes, so, so cute. cute. Cute moments from Emmett and Rosalie. Not a lot, but a couple. She just really, really wants to graduate high school. She's like, please let me leave. And he's like, haha, gorgeous. No, I'm having fun. And she's like, Emmett, please, can we go? I want to graduate. Edward, stop being annoying. Just don't come to school. And everyone's like, no, I think it's good that he comes to school. And Rosalie and Jasper are like, get grip. I actually really get where she's coming from. Me too. Like, she's literally like, I like it here. I don't want to move on. And we've nearly graduated from high school. So I'd really like it if you could not murder a human so I can actually graduate. I think that's a perfectly normal perspective to have. Mm -hmm. I like that Alice is like, oh, I'm, I don't think you'll kill her. I'm like, 93% uh, sure. I loved that bit. She's so cute. So good. Alice is just there to vibe and she's kind of like, I don't think it'll happen and I hope not, but like, eh. And Emmett's like, eh, if it happens, it happens. And Jasper and Laura are like, can you not? Maybe don't. If it's this hard for you, why don't you just go home? Go home. I know. Actually, one of my favourite Alice parts is where Edward's like, Alice, I'm going to be fine. And then she stares at him, looks into the future and is like, oh my god, you're right. Like, she was like, he's going to kill her. I can't believe my brother's going <laughs> to do a murder. She's like, fine, I guess. I know. And it's so sweet. She's like, do you want to switch lunch tables? And he's like, no, we must sit in our spot. How dare you suggest this? So good. Shall we talk about the pre cullen time, his little yes. fling with Tanya? Let's Tanya, we love. Please. We love Tanya. Please, let's talk about the Denali can. The original sucker bus, as he calls her. <laughs> Okay, that was also in the running for my one of my favourite quotes. So the Denali clan, they're a group of just very attractive blonde ladies. They're all Russian, I believe, or they were Russian. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and they all just live together. Very heterosexual. Oh, yeah, very. Are they sisters? I don't remember. I don't think so. I think they're just a little clan, aren't they? No, I think they call themselves sisters, but I don't think they are actually sisters. In the same way that, like, Alice and Jasper are siblings. Like, not really. This is one of my fave quotes. Unlike Carlisle, Tanya and her sisters discovered their consciences slowly. In the end, it was their fondness for human men that turned them against the slaughter. Now the men they loved, lived. Iconic. <laughs> I have this whole thing where basically the reason why um, the Denali clan ladies, they like men, they like humans because they're soft and squishy and warm. <laughs> yeah. Does that mean that there is such thing as a human kink in the vampire world? Oh my god, perhaps. They've definitely got it if there is. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Like, is that what that is? Also, like, no offence, but does this not just prove how, like, annoying and teen boy Edward is? He's like, Bella, no, I can't control myself. We can't even kiss aggressively. We can barely touch. And, like, Tanya and her clan are like, what up? We're just gonna bang some dudes. Exactly. <laughs> 
and it's fine. Like, obviously they killed them at the beginning, but they're like, oh yeah, now they have relations with these men and then they live and it's fine. Yeah. Like, they're like, that's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it's basically that he is a Puritan at heart. It is. He's like, it's my vampire powers, but really he's just a little virgin and he does not want to have sex without getting married. I think also he has a massive superiority complex where obviously all vampires are just as strong as each other, but I think he has ingrained misogyny where he's like, but I'm just so much stronger and Bella is so weak because she's a human woman. And I'm like, you know what? You you guys will be fine. Like, you managed not to crush her when you snuggled her. Like, if you've, if you've, if you've got spooning down, I think you can do other things, like... No, but how will he control himself? It's not like this whole clan do it all the time. It's impossible for a vampire and human to do that. And then in chapter two, Stephanie Meyer's like, yeah, they can, he's just dramatic. And I love it. <laughs> yeah, basically. And the Donalis are all vegetarian as well. Mm -hmm. I'd like to point that out. Yeah. Like, oh, so I think that's beautiful. They chose to be vegetarian so they could, like, get with dudes. Yeah, so they could get with dudes and feel fine afterwards. What a nice time. Amazing. I love that for them. They're just living their best lives. I love Tanya and how she's a thousand times lovelier than the stars and then in like <sighs> two sentences afterwards he's like oh just an unremarkable human face that I was thinking about. Not even pretty. <laughs> and it's like okay uh, that's yeah. your future wife. That's true but then he does go into very deep detail about how absolutely stunning yeah. he finds her. A lot of this chapter is Edward saying very romantic things and being like, oh my god, I don't even get why I think that. And I'm like, babe, open your eyes. You're in love. <laughs> yeah. Later on in the chapter, he's like, he's kind of pretty in an unusual way. Better than beautiful, because her face is unexpected. And it's like, that's a backhanded compliment. But then he spends like three lines being like, and her eyes were chocolate brown and all these other colours. And it's like, okay, fine. That's kind of cute, I guess. You're allowed. Mm. I'll let you say that she was not beautiful, but like, um, like pretty. It's fine. Oh, exactly. Her face was unexpected. <laughs> when he gets to biology, he calls it our table. Aww. Not my table. Aww. Very cute. I circled that with a little heart in my coffee. The bars on the floor. Because I'm romantic. <laughs> I know, the, the bars on the floor. You know what's really funny? Mm -hmm. Is that he laughs at one point because he's like, I know it puts humans more at ease to laugh. And I'm like, babe, you really need to stop being so self-hating. Like, you're still kind of a human. Like, no, chill out, hon. You're a more advanced human, I guess, but you can just laugh at things he does he's like oh and I did this because I'm a vampire pretending to be a human and I'm like no babe you're reacting to things you're just a big dumb dramatic boy there was a great line up at the beginning where he was talking about like the mountains and the trees and he's like an awesome sight exquisitely beautiful or it should have been exquisite would I have been able to really see it and it's like okay Jesus calm down <laughs> okay Mr. Effervescent like chill out <laughs> my fave bit when they accidentally touch hands in biology and he spends like a good five minutes being like oh god oh god my hand was so cold I bet she hated it oh my god <gasps> she probably thinks I'm a disgusting cold monster and I'm like honey she was just shook like she's excited she's fine she's like gee he's cold anyway <laughs> but that in the book she's like oh my gosh electric spark wow I really like this boy and yeah. he's sat there like oh god mm -hmm. I'm the coldest boy I'm so cold <laughs> he like hot between being this dramatic king and also being horny and then taking it away like he keeps being like she's pretty but not pretty and with Tanya he's like oh she's so exquisite but I don't want to be with her but she's like lovely and gorgeous and she's the prettiest one I've ever seen but like don't want to do anything with her <laughs> it's like okay pick one <laughs> his description of Bella like she actually sounds so stunning the way that he describes her it's like wow and he, he really describes her in like what I would say is a very loving way like he's like her eyes brimming with secrets and all this stuff I'm like ooh and then he's like but she's fine I guess I don't even care <laughs> I know. <laughs> Such a teen boy. It's even worse when he like compares her to Tanya. Like one sentence he's like, 
Tanya is exquisite and then his future wife he's like yeah she's kind of ugly but in like a cool way <laughs> and it's like okay <laughs> exactly and then oh I do like that he does defend Bella at the end of biology because the, the biology teacher comes over and is like oh did you get them all Edward and he's like no she got three out of five of them actually that's very cute and then he's like <laughs> wow we're both so intelligent it's very sweet yeah. <laughs> oh there's one bit though where um Bella's like oh I don't really like the snow very much and Edward is like was it not sunny where you came from? And then he's like, thinks in his head, maybe you should go back to where you came from. And it's like, Edward, that's incredibly rude. And then he's like, actually, no, stay here. It's such a mean thing to think. Like, maybe you should leave. I love some of the ways that he describes her specifically, like, her eyes like strong tea. And he says, chocolate brown eyes so many times. And it's like, okay, Mr. Effervescent, please let's find a new word. I mean, at least say caramel. I mean, I have, I have a whole thing about using food metaphors to describe people. Um, but there are so many nice brown things that you can use that aren't food, like, mm -hmm. you know, amber, anything, anything like that will do. Yeah. Nope. He's like, her chocolate eyes, the chocolate eyes, her chocolate eyes, and it's like, dude, you've just spent, like, 20 minutes describing how hot Tanya is, even though you don't want to kiss her. Like, find a new thing. Although, I mean, I think we can remain grateful that he doesn't call them mud-like or anything like that. True. True, true, true. <laughs> we'll take what we can get. I mean, I have, I have, like, greedy blue eyes but if someone was like your eyes are like the earth i'd be like ooh, nice Ooh la la, ooh la, la. <laughs> thank you <laughs> can we can we can we discuss about how you know when they're like "Ooh, i got thirsty um hmm seems like a metaphor for something ooh la la i know i'm like oh it's very erotic <laughs> like there's no there's no question that it's just... it's a lot <laughs> it's definitely a heavy metaphor we're trying to not get marked as explicit yeah, yeah. but ooh la la the touch of their ankles is like ooh edward and <laughs> yeah 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 edward and emmett have a very chubby conversation about being thirsty <laughs> And like, well, we all know contemporary slang for thirsty. I genuinely believe it's being used in the same way in this book. 100%. Good lord. And then Emmett's like, hey, hey, bro, you want to hear about the time that I totally yep. ate a woman? And mm -hmm. then projects his little fantasy into Edward's head. That's incredibly weird. And then Edward has to go and like listen to music to calm yeah. down because he's just overcome. Dude, that's that's really creepy. I can't believe that you did that. <laughs> what I don't understand, Edward has this moment in the classroom where he turns away from Bella and takes a big old inhale. Like, what was that for? Why did you do that? You don't gotta breathe. It's because, apparently it's because it becomes uncomfortable to have stale air in your lungs. Yeah, but like, it's an hour. Don't they say that people literally walk under the oceans and like cross the oceans? Yeah. Like, dude, calm down, sit for an hour. You are correct. He's like, and then I stole a breath. And it's like, why? Why though? You're doing this to yourself, dummy. I don't have any sympathy for you and your uncontrollable thirst. Yeah, he's definitely just doing it so you can have like a little, little whiff of bells. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 100%. And he's also like, oh my god, she's totally gonna notice if I don't breathe. And I'm like, I only notice if people are breathing if it's super loud. Legit. Have you ever looked at your friends and been like, hmm, I'm thinking about them breathing? Unless it's like a mouth breather friend. It's me. I'm the mouth breather friend. I'm so sorry. I can't breathe. <laughs> I can't breathe through my nose. I'm so sorry. You'd make a terrible vampire. I'd know if you turned right away. I know. You'd be like, oh my god, they're just not sat there looking like a fish all the time. <laughs> I have a reason for breathing through my mouth. I, when I breathe through my nose, I feel like I'm not getting enough air into my lungs. I don't know what that is. I just do. So I have legit reason. Very Edward Cullen of you. <laughs> I know. This is why I like wearing a mask now. No one's going to look at me and be mm. like, are you okay? Because I do look very scared all the time. <laughs> Another great image was Edward sitting with his chin on his knees and staring at the yeah. stars. I was like, my little stupid dramatic king boy. Just like huddled up like i gotta look at the stars and think about pretty girl but it's not casual
casual. It's fine. It's very fun. Very sweet. I also, big love for Tanya doing a huge cannonball right next to him while he's sat there like, ah. <laughs> He's there to have a dramatic moment and then he just hears her go, cannonball! And I'm like, yes, Tanya. We love to see it. It's incredible. So she cannonballs, completely covers him in snow, and he just sits there. It's amazing. I know. And later on, she's like, am I annoying you? And he's like, no. And she's like, sorry. And he's like, haha, no, it was funny. And it's like, okay, Mr. Robot. I know. He's like, I'm vampire. I don't have feelings. Whereas every other vampire around him is like having a chill fun time. Yeah. Everyone else has these fun feelings. Like he's just dramatic and 17 forever. Yeah, exactly. But this is the same boy that he smiles at Bella and then has a crisis and thinks that she's going to run away because he's so <laughs> terrifying. And I'm like, dude, you're smiling. Day to day, they don't have their big old pointy like vampire teeth. She's fine. She's just going to see your shiny teeth. Yeah. She'll be fine. He's like, I bared my teeth at her as a warning. Would she take it? And I'm like, no, that's called smiling. Also, like, imagine Edward Cullen isn't super hot and, like, just this interaction, he sat there, like, baring his teeth at you. You'd just be like, okay. Um, exactly. You'd be like, sir, can you... Can, may, may I help you? Please. Although sometimes I think my smile turns into that, like if I don't engage all my face muscles, my mouth just goes sideways, <laughs> like it just goes flat across. Yeah. And like, sometimes I'll take pictures and I won't notice that I'm doing it and I, mm, I look unsettling, I think would be the word. <laughs> Maybe you're a vampire. No, it's like, you know that picture that I sent to you of me and my family and I look like a hostage victim? Yes. It's that smile. Yes. That is the smile that I do. You always look like a hostage victim, it's Stop very good. It. <laughs> <laughs> you just have that like fast air where you're like help me I mean it's true so the chapter ends with Bella almost getting in her car accident for the first time but mm -hmm. it's a fake out because it's not her real car accident <laughs> and then he's like oh no but the thought of her being dangerous that's impossible and it's like alright geez calm down she can kill like kill someone with her stupid loud truck like <laughs> I do actually really appreciate about my notes and is you actually really get a glimpse into Edward's genuine shortcomings as a vampire and his shortcomings genuinely are that he truly believes that humans completely aren't a danger to each other and that vampires are so much more strong in them in every way which is so funny because it's like yeah actually if Bella did hit someone with her truck they would be seriously injured because it is a yeah. massive truck it's a huge truck and he's just like haha no no one could ever be a danger only vampires are dangerous and I'm like it's a big old truck honey pie I don't know if you've been well undead I guess for the past hundred years but uh humans have proved to be incredibly dangerous to each other yeah Bella can definitely kill someone with her truck but Edward's like gee she could do no wrong she's so little and tiny and it's oh. like oh, she could definitely hit someone with her car and they I... might die like that's a possibility exactly i think it's really funny that he's just like ah oh, so small and tiny humans are so <laughs> small and weeny weeny and i'm like yeah but we invented guns don't know if you've heard of them you know <laughs> like sure we can't kill you but in the same way that like one-on-one -on -one with a mountain oh, lion true. i'm gonna die but if i like i'm in a tank i can for sure kill a mountain lion you know what i mean like i can definitely kill someone in my car that is correct katie if you were in a tank you could kill a mountain lion i think you'd kill anything in a tank even a vampire that's my point <laughs> wait actually what would happen if you ran a vampire over with a tank. They'd be fine because the deep lore is like you have to rip them apart and then burn the pieces or they'll like go back to each other. Wait, 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 wait. If you ran them over the tank, if you were on soft ground, would they just get pushed into the ground? I kind of think so. I'm not sure. Either that or they would like, oh it kind of depends how, what kind of lore you're looking at because obviously the movie lore is a bit different and they can kind of like crack like marble in the movie lore but in the books it's a bit more like you have to physically like rip them apart and i don't know if a tank would be strong enough to do that no i'm i'm, I'm saying right so they are so strong that if you push them against anything like if you even got like one of those pressure 
things. They just break it by being so strong. So if you put a tank on top of them, would they just crack through the earth as you put a little bit of pressure on top of their head? Nah, baby, vampire speed bump. <gasps> just like, boop. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that is amazing. Well, I mean, <laughs> could you not just set a vampire on fire? Like, that's the way a human would beat a vampire, right? You'd just be like, boop. But you have to rip them apart and burn the pieces. So I don't think they're affected by I think they can just walk through flames. No, no, no. You, there's a, no, there's that bit with um, the... Well, okay, okay, I guess this is movie lore, but there is a bit with the undying child where they just straight up throw them in a bonfire. That's true. So, yeah. But maybe the know. point of if you throw them on a bonfire, they can just walk out of it again. That would be terrifying. Yeah. Well, to be fair, the baby can't walk, so maybe it would just burn up. In oh, God. <laughs> vampire babies don't count because they can't move. Oh, my God. I had a whole conversation with my sister the other day about the undying children because she mm -hmm. forgot that they were a thing. Horrifying. And also, my question is, you know when people created the undying children because they really want a baby? I'm like, why would you not just be, like, foster parents to so many kids? Because, because they want the baby forever. Ew. And also a baby that will bite them. Ew, that's, that's really gross, just wanting a forever baby. Like, get a reborn doll. Yeah, people have the dolls, don't they? And they're kind of like that, but more. Remesne is one of those baby dolls that grows. No, you know what Remesne is? She's one of those Barbies where you press the button and their hair grows. That's what she is. <laughs> she is. She's those creepy baby dolls that like kind of grow in water and they're like, she's growing up. <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> Someone really needed to get Rosalie one of those hyper-realistic yes. baby dolls. That's all she I wanted. I honestly think that a lot of Rosalie's like rage or whatever could have been satiated if they'd just gotten her like a, um, a reborn doll. I don't understand why her and Emmett didn't just become like really weird foster parents. They could be emergency foster parents. That way the babies won't be with them for that long and they would get to like take care of people and they're vegetarian anyway so they wouldn't kill them so it's fine right well you'd think so but also this is a chapter of Emmett being like eh, if she dies she dies yeah but I have to hope that Emmett has like better morals around like legit babies oh doubt oh god doubt he's like eh, if you kill this teenager that's fine it's one teenager if he like accidentally like rugby through a baby he'd be fine Emmett would be like why can't we play baseball with it <laughs> Oh, don't. Play baseball with our newborn baby. Okay, I hear you, but then I raise you Rosalie's reaction yeah. to Emmett doing anything anywhere near harmful near a child. He'd just laugh. He'd be like, that's fine. She would kill him, like, straight up. She'd just be like, well done. <laughs> One thing that we haven't broached yet in Midnight Sun, which I'm very looking forward to, is the fact that Rosalie was supposed to be Edward's girlfriend. When will we? When will they bring it up? Hmm... I'm looking forward to it. I know. I hope we get some good, good Rosalie mm. stuff. Because, like, so far, it's just her being, like... Obviously, like, her, like, stereotype character is, like, I'm vapid. I don't care about anything. Mm. But, like, we do get deeper Rosalie moments later on. Mm. And, like, it, that's not because of character development. That's just because we learn more about her. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. she's had a long time to finish her character development. She just wants mm. to, like, vibe. But I want to I wanna know more about her. I would love to hear this book from Alice's perspective and get all the visions yes. at the same time and it'd be super confusing. Be so good. I want to know what she knew. <laughs> the thing is with Rosalie, um, a lot of people are like, oh she's just so mean, like she's blah 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 blah. I'm like, I mean yeah, but she is actually, because of the way that she died, she is so completely jaded with humanity and yeah she does only look out for herself and Emma and to an extension the rest of the clones as well, although Edward is definitely her least favourite and it's very funny. Can you blame her? I mean, I honestly can't blame her for some of the things. Like, I actually do understand her basically saying to Edward, like, can you either stay home or get over it because I don't want you to murder someone in this nice town that I like. Which, is that not an okay thing to think? You know? Legit, like, why are you putting people at risk just if you can't handle it? Like, go home. Exactly. And, like, I think Alice said, like, oh, well, you've tried it now. You've come in and sat at lunch 
where I risk it and sit next to her in biology where right. I can do it day at a time and he's like nope I want to go and talk to her actually goodbye yeah exactly like everyone else is thinking it it's just that Rosalie is the only person that will actually say it we love all except Emmett Emmett's just like yeah <laughs> Emmett's like meh kill her or dope that's all right whatever I don't even care I understand Rosalie's perspective in a lot of ways I don't want to call her selfish because I actually don't think it is selfish to be like can you deal with your own problems and not, you know, potentially ruin multiple people's lives? Because that's the issue, is that actually if you look at what Edward, it's suggesting yeah. that Edward does, either he's okay with Bella or he does genuinely murder her. And I don't think it's selfish to be like, hey, if you think you're going to murder someone, can you go home, please? Yeah. Especially because Rosalie has, like, obviously we don't know a lot about her, like, vegetarian backstory anymore, about her, like, early backstory. Like, we don't know how she reacted to Emmett going out on an errand for her and being like, so I just killed a woman. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think if you think of that in terms of Rosalie's backstory, I think she would have been, like, very upset about that, probably. I don't think she would accept, I just couldn't help myself from any man near her. I don't think she mm -hmm. would ever accept sure. that as an excuse. She was a young girl that got targeted, like. Obviously, she had her little cray-cray moment. She had, you no. know, she murdered everyone that was involved with her death. Support her 100%. Support Rosalie fan group. Yeah. 100%. Rosalie Let Rosalie group. kill whatever man she wants. Yeah. She's probably right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's a moment clearly has no guilt over it but we also actually don't know how long ago that incident was maybe it was when he was a newborn you know yeah so we don't like when Emmett's thing went down that was like the mm. mid 50s because he says it was half a century ago and it's Twilight's around mm. 2005 isn't it so like that's not super long after Rosalie happened like Rosalie was mm. 20s I think her and Emmett met like 1930s yeah. mid 1930s so like 15, 20 years into your relationship uh, after like what you've gone through in a man's been like, gee, I just couldn't help myself. She was so tasty. Like, I'm sure she would have not been the most happy with yeah, it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she would have been like, hmm, babe, yeah, we're going to need to go to counselling and then you're going to need to buy me a giant diamond ring again. But I think also a lot of like the relationship dynamics, especially in Twilight, really does reflect like the times that they're from. Because with Rosalie, it totally makes sense to me that she would send Emma out on an errand, even if she was younger and closer to a newborn yeah. than her because for her she's like well why would I go get it myself she had literally everything done from her from birth all she knew was to grow up and be beautiful yeah. and have people do things for her and I can completely understand why she's having some trouble adjusting mm -hmm. to like nowadays life and Emmett and Rosalie only really met a couple of years after she got turned into a vampire maybe the year after maybe two years I think and like, obviously he's fighting with a bear and she's like, I will save this handsome man. I literally can't believe that that's how Emmett died. Emmett died fighting a bear. Iconic. Who does that? We love it. So, do you want to do highlights and lowlights of the chapter? Sure. My highlight was the snowball fight. I thought it was mm. real cute. <laughs> it was so cute. Yeah, I don't even know what my lowlight is. There isn't an obvious lowlight for this mm. one. So I'll let you do your highlight first while I think about it. Okay. <laughs> so my highlight, I think was Edward's sweet little descriptions of Bella the whole way through the chapter. That was my overall highlight because I think it's really cute. He's definitely falling in love with her and I am just a sucker for all romance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was very cute. I think my low light was him searching everyone's thoughts for things Bella said about him. Like, it's it makes sense by him being like, a normal girl would have asked mm. around. And him being like, gee, she's not like anyone else. And it's like, all right, calm down. Just because her head's empty, like, shut up. Yeah, my low light, we didn't actually have a full combo about this, but my low light, again, is the same as last week. Jessica, Edward really doesn't like her. Now, one of the reasons why he doesn't like her mm. is because basically... He can read her thoughts while she's talking to Bella and it's during lunchtime, Edward is staring at Bella 
and Jessica's like, teehee, your boyfriend's looking at you, and Bella's like, oh, he's not my boyfriend. And basically, Jess is <laughs> upset because she used to really fancy Edward and he's never looked at her and now he's looking at Bella. But she puts on a facade and is like, haha, lol, joking with her. And it's just being very lighthearted about it. But obviously in her head, she's upset and jealous. And Edward's like, how dare she be so duplicitous? And I'm like, babe, she's a teenage girl. Like The dark inner workings of Jessica's mind. The secret actual villain of this book. Yeah, obviously, because she's a bit jealous because the most handsome boy in school is looking at the new girl and instead of her. It was a low light for me because I think he really needs to stop being so dramatic about Jess. And also Mike. <laughs> yeah, okay, I will slightly edit to say Edward's utter hatred of Jess and Mike is a low light again in this chapter. Mike and Jess are just like... A little obsessed with Bella. Mike really likes her and she's obviously like new woman on the block. He's super interested. And Jessica's like, gee, the two boys I fancied fancy this girl. And that upsets me. And I wish someone fancied me. And like, fair enough. And Edward's like, how dare they? The secret dark inner workings of their mind. The worst and actual villains here. After like three paragraphs of him being like, God, she sounds tasty and I just want to bite her and kill her. Right. And it's like, all right. Chill out. Right? Chill out, dude. You were trying to murder her five minutes ago. Don't be worried that some girl's a bit jealous of her. Exactly. And it's been like, I mean, I don't know if you've been there, but I've definitely been there where I had a friend when I was like in primary and high school and all the boys fancied her and no boys fancied me. And I was very upset about it. Mm -hmm. It's very hard to be a teenage girl and feel like no one likes you likes you, you know? Mm -hmm. I'd really like Edward's powers just so I could be like, all right, who fancies me? Hello. I would love to have Edward's powers because I would love to know what mm. people think about me all the time. Maybe I wouldn't. We'll see. Wait, actually, no, I'd hate that. Oh, God. <laughs> In my brain, I always think I know what people are thinking anyway, which is like, me like giving myself a god complex i'm like oh no but i know what they meant by that but i would love to know if i'm right because i feel like i've got a good sense about people but oh i'd love to have it confirmed because mm. like i'm pretty on the money a lot of time but i would love to know for sure you know what's so funny is that like katie and i always joke that we have the same brain because we do share a lot of the same opinions about things and uh, things like that but in this aspect we are so completely different i am so oblivious to everything <laughs> yeah like i'm not even kidding my favorite example of this was um one time i went into subway not spawn uh to get a, a tasty sandwich and i was like going down the line i was like ordering my little sammy and i was like just so focused on the sandwich the fact that i was gonna eat it because i was so hungry and the guy behind the counter was like hey, would you like anything else today? And I was like, no. And he was like, would you like a cookie? And I was like, no thanks. And he's like, do you need a drink? And I was like, no thanks. And he was like, can I have your number? And I just went, no thanks. <laughs> and in my brain, I registered that as him asking if I wanted crisps. <laughs> he did not. He asked for my number. And I just took my Sammy, I paid, and I left. And I was walking down the street, and then I suddenly thought, ah, that man was flirting with me. Oh dear. <laughs> Liv is like a lovely little golden retriever. And once she has, she's much like Emmett, when she has her thought and she's like, dee dee dee, I'm following my thought to the end of the thought and other things will happen. It's like something could be exploding around her and she's like, dee dee dee, I'm gonna get the sandwich. Oh, literally. <laughs> all in all, chapter two of Midnight Sun. A great chapter. I'm really enjoying it now. A meatier chapter than the last one. The last mm. one was quite short. This one, yeah. we're now 60 pages in. Mm, we are. I liked it, you know, a lot less murder than last time mm -hmm. and I really appreciate that. A little hint of that love. I do also like knowing more Twilight lore now. I Me like too. that. It's fun. I love knowing more about Emmett. I love knowing more about mm. Tanya. Like, because you get, you get the sprinklings of them, like, being like, oh, this happened and this happened. Mm. But, like, being inside Edward's brain and therefore 
knowing like people's full history. Mm. It is actually making me very excited for future chapters. So for example, the Seattle trip, I am so excited to hear that from Edward's perspective. Mm. Ooh, yes. I'm so excited. And the best thing about Edward is obviously he's like the main character anyway. But, like, the best thing about having Edward as the protagonist now mm. is because he can hear everyone else's thoughts. So you do get Emmett insights and you get Rosalie insights. Not as many, many as I'd like. I'd love to reread all of the books from all of our perspectives. I'd do it. It'd be a great time. But I like that we get an insight. Yeah. It'll be a good time. Yeah, I think another positive is that Edward is so transparent with how his outlook on everything is, is that you can, like, just chip away at the outside bit mm-hmm. and suddenly the truth is revealed. Yeah, I love how much Edward is a teen boy. Like, yes. In chapter one, they were doing the whole like, oh, but I'm old and I'm an adult. But Edward is just the teen boy that you met at H&M. He's He's exactly like every dramatic teen boy that would hang out on the streets and smoke. He's just the epitome of teen boy and I love it. He's teen boy with antiquated language, which is what dramatic teen boys do anyway. He is. Great. So that was chapter two. Thank you so much for listening. Yes. Thank you so much. Please join us next week where we'll be going on to chapter three. Chapter three called Risk. (laughs) Have a great morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you're listening. And see you soon. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Midnight Fun is an independent podcast hosted by two girls with a connection. Our intro and outro is A4 Vampire by Summer. Neither Katie nor Liv is associated with Stephanie Meyer or any of her intellectual property. All views expressed are their own. And remember, werewolves make terrible boyfriends.